Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale. It's a Care for You Black Nerd review show. Secondly, what in the entire fuck? Now, we all know that I am a fan of this show. I absolutely love it. I adore these little angsty-ass teenagers or these angsty-ass 30-plus-year-olds uh, playing teenagers. But god damn, was this a good episode. Um, I'm coming... Like, I sat with this episode for a while. My regular schedule should be on Mondays. But I sat with this episode for a while before releasing because it was just like, I don't know if TV is just getting better or if I'm just losing myself into certain shows. But after catching up on season one and being thrown into this new mystery that we have on our hands, I wasn't really expecting too much. I mean, how can you top the Who Killed Jason Blossom through line? Like, how? You know, and this um, attempted murder of Fred Andrews is really, and eh, didn't really do it for me. Um, when I saw the preview before the season premiered, it was like, okay, whatever. And then after I saw it play out, I still was like, Ugh, I don't know. Like, me personally, I'm not um, emotionally attached to Fred. Um, I am as attached to him as you can be just from seeing him on screen and knowing he's Archie's dad and knowing if anything happens to him, the dynamics will switch a little bit. But all in all, I was just like, mm, okay, he was shot. Now, that being said, uh, flipping on its head, again, me having dealt with death in my own uh, life with, you know, family members and whatnot, there were certain moments in this episode that pulled at my heartstrings, and that was the intended effect, I'm sure, but it was more or less, you know, my thoughts kind of filling in the blanks, so I'll give the show its credit with that. Um, I'll start off by saying that this, uh, this first episode will be probably a little different or a little shorter than they will be going forward, because we know that this season of Riverdale, aka Welcome to Riverdale, will be 22 episodes as opposed to 13. So to kind of compensate for work-life balance, Welcome to Riverdale will probably be a little shorter going forward. But, you know, getting straight to the point, we got um, just turmoil and drama happening and chaos all over Riverdale. It's like this little quaint-ass suburban as city town whatever has been going through a lot of shit and for anyone who's familiar with the archie comics and you know about the different variations like when archie and the punisher teamed up and archie versus alien and predator and archie mysteries and the zombie apocalypse this show really f- gives me that um I think it has room to play around with all these different genres. And I know before in my Carefree Black Nerd, the most recent issue, I spoke about Sabrina, you know, being a transgender woman of color and like, oh, they'll never bring Sabrina. But the way in which this season is going and with us having 22 episodes, she could very well pop up. And I'm deliberately staying away from IMBD. I'm trying to stay away from anything that would give me spoilers going forward. Um... 
aside from like maybe the trailer for the next episode because I don't want I want to be just as surprised and in this social 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 media age that we live in there's not a whole lot of surprises that will um that we get to be genuinely surprised for so uh try not to spoil stuff for me guys but if you do you know whatever I'll deal with it that being said this was a damn good episode we got Archie driving like a bat out of hell because apparently he's never driven a car before and with, based on Jughead's narration I'm just like uh, that doesn't even sound right like what's up with the jalopy like I thought that was a thing maybe not in this universe or maybe not just yet because we saw that at the end of last season um, Jughead's dog Hot Dog you know was introduced so there's that um what else? One thing I'm curious about is, I know Jughead was writing that book and he was the narrator for the last season. Now, is he? are we still going off the premise of the book being written and that's kind of why he's narrating even though he's like one of the main characters and he's deep in the shit? Like what's, I don't know what's going on there. What I am excited for is with this being 22 episodes, seeing more Josie and the Pussycat focus you know episodes hell fill out this world a little bit more like who was it valerie who had the brother one of them had that black brother he popped up to say a couple words and that was it um what i do like is the way that they're existing in this new dark world but they're still continuing the goofy quirky little like archie shit like last season we had the fuzzy maple or whatever that was like essentially getting nut on your face I think that's what it was um and then you have the mention of drugs these jingle jangles like (laughs) anyone who hasn't watched this first episode go back and watch it and I'm not even going to say when the part showed up but for as dark and brooding as serious as this episode was and this world has come to be when you see somebody who's like oh and all this crime and drugs and all this jingle jangle like whatever was said it was so goofy that it like made the scene comical (laughs) and I know it wasn't that intention but I like that they're folding in this Archie classic stuff in with this and they're doing a good job at it like yeah you might pull you out a little bit but you know what you're looking at and for a cw show i think this is probably one of the better ones now i may not be the one to actually you know to comment objectively because i'm not watching flash and supergirl and arrow that shit don't impress me much um but you know it is what it is so anyone else out there who's maybe watching archie and the other cw shows let me know like how does this hold up you know because this gives me very much gossip girl this gives me uh, Veronica Mars-ish it gives me that I don't know it's giving me something that I personally do not get from the other superhero shows um, so we get Betty assembling the Avengers once she finds out that Archie's dad is in the hospital and it's like this show it's just I don't know if I'm so deep in the shit y'all I don't even know like I don't even know if it's I'm into it and it's good or if I'm just so knees deep in this shit they can do any goddamn thing and I'm like oh that's great yes Archie work like I don't know what it is but good show no doubt um what I did enjoy was seeing the parents Betty oop I need to be smacked in her goddamn mouth because she's still a kid in her mom's house 
I don't know. I mean, I get standing up for yourself and whatever else, but she calling, <laughs> she calling her mama out and dragging her to the carpet, and that's cool on one hand. I'm like, go, Betty, go. But then on the other hand, I'm like, mm, you and your mama going to come to blows pretty soon. And um, so we get the Avengers to run to the hospital, and as they do, try to save the day. And I really like this. I like, but I don't like. Okay, here's the thing. Veronica is supposed to be introduced as this sassy uptown New York girl with this big city attitude and whatnot and for me she is not that um she's just another privileged rich girl like she doesn't have an edge to me she's never had that on this show the Veronica on this show for me is not the Veronica of the comics not even mentioning the current Archie iterations. I mean, the old school at the grocery store with your mama pick up the Archie Digest comics. She's not even that Veronica for me. That one had, you know, a little sass or whatever. So when they portray her as this girl who just, you know, I, when I get so into emotional situations, you know, I just, I can't handle it. So the old Veronica would just run away. Well, girl, you've been deep knees deep 13 episodes into this relationship with this boy. Plus this one. It's like you've been, I don't know. I just, that doesn't translate well for me, but I still go with it because, you know, that's what she's supposed to be. But even in this midst of, oh, I can't, I don't know if I can be the girlfriend for him or whatever. It's like, man, you got all these snappy one-liners and all these movie quotes and shit, but you don't know how to support your boyfriend when his father is hanging on for dear life. Like, I don't know, it was weird. Um, but there was a very good moment I felt even though it was in service for Archie, it was when him and Veronica were at the house. She uh, went through Fred's things. You know, he couldn't find his wallet. And I can't tell if the wallet is a MacGuffin where it's just a thing that we have to get upset about to move the plot forward. Or if his wallet is actually like... I mean, of course, his ID in there and so his address. And so if the, the shooter has it, the shooter can come back and shoot them. But it didn't come off that serious to me. So I'm still torn if this is just... A MacGuffin, or if this is actually a part of the story we need to pay attention to, but Archie flipped out on her ass, and all, why are you even here, and I shouldn't even be here, and I should be at the hospital with my dad, and all this other shit, and I'm just like, nigga, calm all the way the fuck down, nigga, and so she gets ready to walk away, and she's like, oh no, I'm not gonna leave you, I'm gonna be right here, hence proving that she can be a good girlfriend, and this is all after they had shower sex, or whatever, so that's that. Jughead and Betty, on the other hand, are riding through the streets of Riverdale, um, uh, Love Jones style, with, uh, <laughs> with, um, on this damn motorcycle that came out of nowhere, like, Jughead, whatever, it's cool, but, um, <laughs> he's, like, calling in his, his, his Southside Serpent contacts, and, like, it's, <laughs> I fucking love this show, because it's so, it's so corny but it's so good um so we get into that and so we're still at this point where betty's mother pretty much hates jughead and i have to say i hate that i feel this way yet again but for as bitchy and evil and mean as um mommy dearest is supposed to be betty's mama has a point like motherfucker you're my daughter you are underage still in high school and you're with this boy from the south side which is okay everybody walks in their truth but you're with this person whose father has all like i feel like these are legitimate concerns that she has and just because no he may not be like his father you still are the company you keep 
and he's with the Southside Serpents. So even though he, you know, feels like, oh, I took the jacket because they were all at the door and I, I didn't want them to beat me up or whatever the excuse may be, you're still associated with them. So, yeah, far be it for a mother to be concerned about her daughter hanging around with this damn hoodlum. Like, I feel like that's warranted. Even if it, the roles were reversed and Betty was a boy and Jughead was a girl or this was the same gender-loving relationship, I feel like the same concerns are legitimate and I think they want us to hate um, Mrs. Cooper, but I just, I can't. Like, she's an evil, <laughs> sassy motherfucker, but I feel like, you know, she she has some good points. Um, Moving on... We get my girl, my girl from my, a good favorite from last season, Cheryl. Now, this motherfucker is crazy, and she's the motherfucker to watch out for this season, at the very least, this first arc. Because this the motherfucker that didn't set her mama on fire, set the house on fire, then went up and told that woman, look, this is how it happened. You came running in the house to save me. You tell anybody else, and what? I'm the reason you eat. I'm the reason you drink. I'm the reason you breathe. Like, you can't tell me, even if, oh, Archie's so corny, the cartoon, the comic book, whatever. If you sit down and show somebody that last scene from the first season and this scene, you can't tell me Cheryl ain't the shit. I'm sorry. I'm Team Cheryl. That's period. Here I go again, picking teams and shit. But no, Cheryl is crazy as fuck, and I'm here for it. And I'm wondering, with them having 22 episodes, are we going to dive a little bit deeper into Cheryl's psyche? Because no matter how crazy you think she is or how crazy she really is, she's been through a hell of a lot. And I, and not to say that her problems are more significant, you know, her being wealthy, but you're a rich girl with a, a twin brother in this big-ass house your brother, y'all twins, so you came out at the same time, he's doted on, he's given all the luxuries and chances in the world, you and him love each other, but your parents favor him, then your dad kills him, so you're one good friend, because you are a mean bitch, so nobody is your friend, unless it's out of fear, your one fucking life partner is dead now, at the hands of your father, who's now dead, and then your mom isn't compensating for the love lost now that the father is gone and there was something that was made mention in the show about somebody else having killed about the mom killing Clifford who is um Cheryl's dad it's like for all the shit that she's been through that bitch she might be a screw might be loose for real like she might have been a little off before but there may very well be something wrong with her or something off about her and I, I love it I'm here for all of it come on pale ass redhead Cheryl I want to see what she does next and I'm really interested to see what happens to the Blossom fortune and the Blossom name all of that now that she's essentially the one in power like, this motherfucker enrolls from the ashes, Game of Thrones style, and now she's in charge. Add to that, now that we know the Coopers and the Blossoms are cousins, and Polly's about to give birth to her second cousin slash babies, I don't know. Like, will her and Cheryl have a closer, like, I don't, oh, there's so much that can go on in this show that it gets me so excited. Um, 
Moving forward, the Pussycat Dolls showed up along with everybody else. Showed up at the hospital, but seeing them black, ooh, them beautiful black girl magic just raining down, gracing my screen. It was like, this is what I watched this show for. It's a good angsty drama, mystery, whatever, but I watched it to see these three bad motherfuckers walk up in the screen together because they always together. They always looking good. They all, oh my God, they remind me of the Muses in Hercules. And, or like some, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't, at the risk of sounding Hotepian, they look like three beautiful brown queens from the South Egypt in the Nubian goddesses. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I love seeing these girls show up on screen, not only because they're women of color, but because they are, I love the way that they're portrayed on this show. Um, I wish that we would get more of the pussycats and and not uh just Josie so much but I want to see them and their families and their world fleshed out a little bit more what I really want to see is let's get to I don't know chapter 20 something and we see them girls sitting around together at a sleepover at dinner and talking about these white motherfuckers is crazy in this town like, that's what I want to see. Just to give me a good old Shonda Rhimes, how to get away with murder ass scene with some black ass family members, braiding hair, hot comb on the stove, uh, I don't know, shooting basketball, some stereotypical stuff from a black perspective and see how does the black side of Riverdale live? Because there's no denying that there is something separate there. Um, speaking of that, going to Pops, Pops being black now, he made a mention of when um, Jughead and Betty walked in to try to, you know, get Fred's wallet and see if they could find out some shit because apparently the police are no good in Riverdale. If you want to be a good police officer, be a high school student and just snoop around and do shit. So um, they're at Pops and he's still mopping up blood and he says something like, oh, and the, the killer, he, this wasn't just a shooter. He was, you know, an angel of death and such and such. And this nigga Jughead, I'm trying to be on your team. He says, oh, jeez, Bob, why don't you calm down? So just, nigga, somebody was just shot. A local person who comes to this little ice cream malt shop on a daily basis was just shot and damn near killed. I was almost shot and killed. This young boy, Archie, was almost shot and killed. And I want to say there were like two or three other people in the shop. And it's like, nigga, don't. Your comedy is coming at the wrong time. Like, eh, that's cute and all, but check your privilege, nigga. This this man was almost killed. Um, but Pops made mention of something about some riots. Like, he'd never seen no drama that bad since the riots. And that is making me... That's one of those things where they have these offhanded comments that allude to other things. And I'm hoping, fingers, toes, eyes, tongue, everything crossed, that we'll get more exploration on these riots because I... Want to know, are the, does these riots have something to do with race? Which, it might not, because there's not a lot of black people in this town. But I want to see, is it like something that happened when the adults were children, or when they were high schoolers or whatever? Will the current generation play their parents in a flashback? Like, I need the... I'm excited to see how we're building out this world now that, one, we have a second season, two... We have more episodes, and I'm assuming a larger budget. So what are we going to do? And then how are we going to incorporate all this archiness into it? Um, first episode of the first season, Betty spoke about... Um, oh, Lord, did she say Zora Neale Hurston? 
Lord, I believe she said, yeah, Zora, that she got um, some book fair, some shit or whatever. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys out there in the ether, if I'm wrong, please, you know, correct me on Twitter, Carefree Blur. But um, I am excited to see if they bring in any more real world issues and kind of fold them into the show. Because, hell, with the last couple months we didn't had under this presidency and then the last year or so that we've had hell just the last month that we've had what are they going to pull from the headlines today and incorporate it and how will they give it that little archie spin um what else stood out to me oh the scene between veronica and her mom and this shit has me on edge because i'm seriously like <clears throat> This one of the scenes or one of the dynamics that feel very much primetime drama. This gives me a 90210, um, not 90210, a Melrose Place feel. Like this old, nostalgic, 90s ass war with words. Like when um, Hermione is in the, the chapel, in the hospital, which give me just a second everybody was cool and chill as fuck in that hospital he came in with his bloody ass dad and they were just like hey we're dressed like doctors from um star trek so uh i see you got a bloody dad here like they were so calm that threw me off so anyways um hermione and her issues um because we know that if fred dies then she doesn't have to worry about buying him out and hiram can come home and they can take over the building company or whatever the fuck he got going on but if he lives then it's like that's good because Archie gets his dad but now we have to figure out how do I get this company from him for my husband who's coming back from jail so there's a dilemma there and she never speaks on it uh, like directly but Veronica does and this is the part that gives me glimpses of the Veronica that I feel like was in the comic book and the one who they want her to be because she's coming at her mama like, Bitch, did you... Are you the one who put the hit out on Fred? Like, she... It's... That whole scene is so odd. But it fits. And... Look. Watch that shit. And it's like... Her mama's like, you know... You need to start acting like you a motherfucking lodge. Your daddy coming home. It's us against these crazy-ass white folks in this town. And, bitch, you gotta get on the winning team. And Veronica was like... Oh, you know Nanho! Then it been in Riverdale like I've been. No, uh, <laughs> no. This was um, I really like seeing this, and I hesitantly say this next thought of mine, but it gave me a novella, telenovela style like feel, and I'm speaking that being not necessarily ignorant but having a limited knowledge on telenovelas like seeing a few seeing some growing up and then seeing a few like on youtube and if that is in any way mm, stereotypical or um i guess disrespectful please call me out on it carefree blurred and then you know i'll do the apologies or whatever but that was instantly the the um feeling that i got from this from one in particular that i keep seeing circulating on facebook and on youtube and stuff but that being neither here nor there veronica and her mama going to war capped off with this beautiful cinematography this beautiful scene where she bring her little 
happy ass into the penthouse and her mama standing up like she the damn queen of diamonds and off in the shadows is her dad and for me he's not a very imposing physically imposing character he actually looks very small even in comparison to Fred Andrews but when they finally revealed Hiram Lodge I was like all right I see you like I'm here for this right now at the time of this recording I haven't seen um chapter 15 we're still just on chapter 14 which is a kiss before dying we're still on that but I Hiram I was like okay motherfucker this whole scene um I'll say I don't know if I have an issue with this but Hermione seemed to be well I don't know I feel like she's on par for who she is I feel like she got a lot of screen time we got a lot of time to hang out with her in the first season and see what she's capable of and see you know how she operates and now that Hiram is back I'm hoping we don't get her taking the back seat to him um it seems like their dynamic is he is more in charge more aggressive more assertive and she might take a back seat in a sense that he's her man he's gonna do whatever but I hope it's like she's also leading from behind if that makes sense like I'm not saying that she has no agency she can't speak but what I'm saying is the way that they're setting up the dynamic I'm hoping that it's one of those he is in charge and he's leading and doing whatever but she is doing so in a way that's a little bit more um cerebral than than physical and being loud and boisterous like oh she's doing shit behind the scenes and moving pieces around that's fucking shit up for everybody else because even if she is the villain i don't care do it do you girl and if you got to take down veronica with her no loyalty having ass these ain't loyal then do that (laughs) no um i just got excited seeing hiram and i've only seen him sitting in a chair so i'm interested to see what he looks like standing up is he a tall thin guy because he looks rather small um I want to see him in comparison to other characters. I want to see, you know, what his thoughts are, because I'm sure he'll have some slick shit to say about um, um, Clifford Blossom dying. And, like, I just... Ugh. So, um, throughout the whole episode, we have all these flash-forwards, flashbacks, alternate memories about um, Fred pretty much fighting death to get back to his son, to protect his son. Um get to the meat and potatoes (laughs) what you came here for the new mystery as of now is who shot Fred Andrews now preface it with this we had 13 episodes in the first season who shot Jason who killed Jason Blossom was like the running theme with us having 22 episodes I don't know how many story arcs we have I don't know if this is going to be a continuous thing I don't know if who shot Fred Andrews since spoilers we know he's alive and well at the end of episode um, uh, 14 um, chapter 14 will this be a thing that's constantly addressed to the very end or like I don't know so as of right now we're going with who shot Fred Andrews um, I don't know Hiram Hermione Grundy's ex I don't know and I only say that because I initially thought Grundy's ex because I remember the story she told about him in season one and since we know she's a predator and she kind of reinvented herself I don't know how much of that I was supposed to believe but now that we see her across town at Greendale, Sunnyville, wherever the hell she at still teaching music lessons and you know messing with these high school boys um, again another spoiler in three, 
two, one. Grundy's dead. Whoever this guy is who shot at Fred Andrews is someone who killed Grundy. And then now I'm like, okay, that's him. So it got to be either some ties to Archie or he's like going through trying to clean up Riverdale or whatever. But I'm thinking like, I can't remember if we saw his face or not. Um, I know we didn't see his clear face, but with the mask on, did we see his face when Miss Grundy was murdered? As much as we saw when Fred was shot at? So I don't know. Like, I'm going to stick with my three, which is either Hiram. Well, I don't even want to say Hiram so much as Hermione, because I feel like, you know, that's not above her to do that. So um, I'm going to say Hermione. Um, I'll say Grundy's ex, and I'll say um, Grundy's ex mainly because I don't really know who else to point this to right now because I don't know if maybe Grundy's ex was going back and, like, going after the people she slept with, the these young boys. Um, maybe he had been stalking her during season one and saw Archie, Grundy, and Fred in a booth together and was like, oh, okay, well, she you know, must be fucking this nigga. And so she shot at him. So I don't know. Um, so I'll say Hermione, Grundy's ex, and... Mm, shit, I don't know who else. I'll just say Hiram as a placeholder for now. Um, you tell me who you think shot Fred Andrews. <clears throat> and, you know, hit me up on SoundCloud in the comments. Um, iTunes, download and listen to it. Shoot me a quick love message on... Um, Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag WTRPod. Welcome to Riverdale Pod. When listening to this episode or when you tweet me and then when you're watching Riverdale, use that hashtag WTRPod. Let me know what's going on. Um, as far as favorite characters, Cheryl. Now, the default is always Josie and the Pussycat Dolls. Just like Issa say, I'm rooting for everybody black. The black folks. That's my favorite character. But a close second is Cheryl because the bitch is crazy. She's crazy and she knows, the, like, I feel like she has a plan. And she knows what the hell she's doing. And people aren't giving her credit because we are focusing on her being a little odd, a little off, a little crazy. I think she knows what the hell she's doing. And she's going to come out as a winner on the top of this season. Um, favorite scene? Again, the Pussycat Dolls or the Pussycats, whatever, showing up at the hospital. That was my favorite scene. Uh, <laughs> a close second. Um... I'm going to say really all of Fred's, um, like, dream sequences. Because I think that also kind of um, uh, developed the world a little bit more. And, you know, he spoke about grandma and uncle and whoever else who died. Like, he, he saw Archie be graduating. And, like, it was this whole, you know, then even at the wedding. You know, it was just the way in which they weaved in these dream sequences was really good and um kudos to them and i think it were very believable and um i don't know but in his dream sequence there was clifford there was um jason blossom who seems to be like the reoccurring ghost of this day like that boy who plays jason blossom and then if you go back to desperate housewives homegirl who played mary ellis they have the most cushy ass jobs Jason Blossom has shown up in pretty much half of the damn season so far. Like, from all of season one and then this episode. Not saying a goddamn thing. Just doing physical acting. And here and there, and I know he's getting a nice check. 
And then we got Mary Alice from Desperate Housewives, who she was killed in the first episode. Then this motherfucker narrated the whole thing. Gotta check. Was in a few flashbacks, but I'm like, give me a cushy-ass job like that. Put me on the show and make me a narrator or something. So that's that. So um, again, favorite uh, character outside of Everybody Black was Cheryl. And favorite scene outside of the black girl showing up was uh, Fred's dream sequences. So you go ahead and... Hit me up, guys. Use the hashtag WTRPod. Find me on Instagram, Carefree Black Nerd. Find me on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Find me on Snapchat if you can. Um, use the hashtag WTRPod, CBN Pod. And um, stay, I don't know, stay out of Riverdale for one. Um, if you go, stay away from Veronica and Betty because they're disrespectful to their parents and they ain't loyal. And stay, um, I don't know, stay back in the cut like everybody black because the Pussycat Dolls ain't dealing with no murder or attempted murder. All right, y'all.